Good morning, folks. It is about 11, 7, not 11, it's 11 o'clock. It's 10.07 here in Chicago. You've been listening to WIIT 88.9 FM Chicago. We are excited to have another week of great talks, great discussions, and we have a lot of topics coming your way this week. Without further ado, you guys are listening to Half Court. I'm going to introduce my co-host. I'm going to get this show on the road. I got my main man here. He's been with me since day one here at IIT, which is basically three and a half years ago. Roberto Carse, que pasa hoy, mi amigo? Dude, I, I I just can't get over how good the weather's getting right now. Beautiful day. Um, beautiful day in terms of sports. Um, I don't really know what else to say. Ohio State Buckeyes still rolling. COVID cases staying low. Life's all right. Don't want to jinx them, but life's going well right now. Hopefully they don't turn into Wisconsin. Yeah, that <laughs> Dude, they're announcing, uh, like, this week what, like, their future is as a program this year. Oh, my There's God. There's a chance they might, like, have to call their season or something. Jeez. Big news come for that. But uh, either way, uh, anyway, I really tried getting this calling machine working this week. I, you know, I literally just emailed the TD, like, five minutes ago, and he... And we can't figure this out, but call machine is like 95% of the way done. Just won't answer the calls. The whole, everything else works. It just has to pick up the calls and it works like a charm and then drop the calls. But it won't do that for whatever reason. I'm starting to think this technology hates me. But something uh, new every week. (laughs) You're not wrong. But I want to start off the show by... uh, Giving a happy belated birthday to one of our most devoted followers, uh, Rob Carcelli, back home in uh, Columbus, Ohio. want to thank, thank you for listening. Hopefully you had a great birthday. Um, it was yesterday, correct? No, two days. It was, it was Tuesday? Day. Yeah. Anyway, hope, hope you had a great birthday this Tuesday. Hopefully uh, OSU can get you a dub this weekend, and hopefully the Bengals can do the same after being the Titans last week. Uh, anyway, thank you for always listening, giving us feedback and commenting and, you know, giving us funny things to talk about. So I really appreciate that and hope you had a great birthday and have a great weekend moving forward. Right. I'm sure he'll appreciate that greatly. Yeah. All right. But moving forward, uh, talk about the NFL here. Go on from there to pick them and then move our way down the list here. So NFL, huge upset this week. Bengals Titans, yeah, love to see it. Uh, you said it, and I couldn't even think of the big upset. You know, it's so typical Bengals just knocking off great teams. I mean, <laughs> no, that was an awesome win. Bengals and Burrow played great after trading away Carlos Dunlap. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know what was in the water that day, but the team every week seems to be getting better and better, and I love it. Um, Hopefully the Bears will be able to do the same to the Titans this week. Hopefully Nick Foles watches some Joe Burrow highlights and is able to replicate what he did. Please. <laughs> I re- we really need that. And the, the Bengals did it with four of their five starting offensive linemen out and without our starting running back. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm thinking. Mixon was out. Yeah, Bernard yeah. did most of the carrying. And Giovanni Bernard's not really a bad backup to have in the league. He's been a super, super good, consistent backup. But 
consistent in fantasy too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but one handily thirty one twenty. Yeah. What a game, dude! I'm really hoping that a lot of people pick the Bengals and Ian's pick them because or, or pick the Titans yeah. and Ian's pick them. I really do hope that someone definitely pick them. Oh, I'd imagine so. And Berto, just so you know, this week I was going to pick. I was, well, it's kind of getting ahead of myself here, but I was looking at the Patriots Jets matchup matchup this week, and then I was like, well, if I pick them, then you know, week ten or week eleven. I could have the Steelers against the Bengals. And I was like, you know what? I can't do that. Oh. Steelers-Cowboys this week. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? I I, I would have respectfully vetoed the Patriots-Jets. I actually think there's a good chance the Jets win because there's always like once a year the Jets give a really good game to the Patriots, mm-hmm. especially on a big down year. And the Jets just scared some team, right? The Bill, uh, they, they had a close game with the Bills. Close game with the Bills. And then I think, but oh, maybe not, this past week they no, played not, someone good. No, the, they played the Chiefs. They played the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they have it, a, it actually was the Bills because they were up. Uh, it was up seven and then ten to three at one yeah. point on the Bills. Yeah, I and think the, they stand a good chance against their division mm-hmm, um, for sure. And the Patriots just haven't looked good. I have like Cam Newton in fantasy. And he puts up like a consistent 17 for the most part, except for the one week I actually have to play him when he puts up negative one. <laughs> um, but he puts up like a consistent 17 with like 180 passing yards and one pick. I'm like, how's this man doing? It's strictly because he scores like a rushing touchdown every game, like on the goal line. That's Yeah. And I heard that this year he hasn't thrown a single touchdown to a wide receiver or tight end. Really? <laughs> he hasn't. <laughs> He started throwing to this Myers guy last week, who's a receiver. Started popping off, but that's why he like, really does not have great targets at all. Oh, and you think Elman would get a fair amount of catches, but he's just well, not at all. I think he just got added to IR. I think Did he's he? hurt now. Yeah, I, I didn't think know that's that. very very recent. And uh, Lazard's supposed to play tonight. Is he? Yeah. Is he playing? Tonight? I picked him up in my other fantasy league on the waiver wire. Um. And as soon as I pick him up next day, he's projected points. He's supposed wow. to play tonight. He's projected at least like eight points in ESPN. Uh, Yahoo might not Dude, have he's it still up. on the IR in Yahoo. Yeah, it still says he's technically on IR in ESPN, but that could be big. Maybe that's why the Packers didn't make a move at the deadline because they know they'll get Lazard back. Mm-hmm. Um, I am kind of disappointed they didn't make a move. I need to look up what the, all the trade deadline moves were, but I know one of the big headlines was that the Packers were the losers of the trade deadline just because they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything, yeah. But I don't know. They have some good mojo going up there. I don't think there's really too much that they needed to do. I Not guess, really. like, I don't know. If you want another stud receiver, you can, but it might I mean at that point, you're going to have to give away probably a big draft pick when they're – on the brink of still needing some new young guys, so I don't think it's a bad move. They're still a Super Bowl contender as they are now. They've always been contenders. I mean, this week will kind of prove it. I mean, they're saying Green Bay minus seven in San Francisco this week. Oh, wow, really? Which I think, honestly, if San Francisco plays their game, they I think they win the game, to be honest. I very well think that San Francisco can win this game. 
Granted, they don't have uh, Bosa on their side, but you know, I just think San Francisco's been playing some hot ball lately. I, th- I, th- I, I don't know if they started Nick Mullins again, but they definitely should, just because Nick Mullins played so well last week, and Garoppolo's kind of been in the bed lately. Yeah, it's been weird. He's been so on and off. Because last week uh, against the Seahawks, it was kind of crazy. So Garoppolo in three quarters went 11 for 16, 84 yards and a pick. That's that's all he did in three quarters. Nick Mullins comes in here and in the fourth quarter by himself goes 18 for 25 for 240 and two touchdowns. Wow. And they're going to have to do it without Kittle now. Kittle's out until like week 16 or 17, which really hurts. I think Garoppolo's actually injured. I think it's like an ankle sprain or something like that. High ankle sprain. And And I do think it kind of works out. I mean, it really doesn't work out for the 49ers, but it's better than having their third string tight end. But they have Jordan Reed as their tight end, and he was on injured reserve, and he's getting back. He's supposed to play this week. So if you have a guy who was pretty damn good when he was healthy for the Redskins mm-hmm. um, back. That's at least a big part of your offense. He's a very good offensive tight end. It, well, catching the ball tight end. Uh, not necessarily known for his blocking. For sure. And then uh, I want to ask your comment about the Browns and moving forward with them. Because obviously a couple of weeks ago we talked about them pressing the panic button and stuff like that. I mean, they are 5-3. and three. So they're doing, they're still doing well, but this, like I just don't feel like they can beat good teams. Yeah, I, I, I mean they definitely do give off that feeling for sure. And I was talking with Dave last night. Dave was trying to convince me that Baker Mayfield is an above average quarterback, but I feel like as how he's played, he doesn't reflect that. I feel like Baker has reflected a very average stat line and like very average play yeah it's it really is hard to say because he you'll see games where he shows off why he was the number one pick like he has he has tremendous arm talent um he really is a pocket passer like despite his speed he's a pretty solid pocket passer um but yeah it comes to big games where it needs to in in the browns are in such a tough spot in the division they're in with the Ravens so young and so talented with a good coach and the Steelers who are I'll say it because they're undefeated are the best team in the league right now even though they power rank the Chiefs ahead of them but they're undefeated um it's going to be hard to win those four games every year against the Ravens Steelers and the Ravens just crush them every time they play them um because the Ravens crushed them and did the and did the Steelers. Yeah, so I I still I still am on the side of that Baker is a, a pretty solid quarterback, and and when their offense is clicking, it shows it. But some days it just looks like they don't know what they're doing with their offense. I think it hurts them that Odell's out. I also think there's like a little bit of pressure. There's a stat line that's saying the opposite, though. They're saying he's like actually is like considerably better yeah. as a QBR without Odell. I think there might be a pressure with Odell in the lineup to try to force getting him the ball as opposed to just throwing to whoever is open. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That is a good. You're ba- so you were just saying like I feel like Baker is like an average quarterback in my yeah. eyes. I feel like he's a very average quarterback with a good offense. You know, Hunt's not bad as a backup. Um, I don't know when Chubb's coming back, but he's obviously one of the best running backs in the game. And then you got decent wide receivers and Beckham and Landry Beckham's out. And then they have uh, great tight ends, Njoku and the other tight end I'm blanking on. Uh, Hooper, Hooper, yeah, Hooper, awesome tight end that played for the Falcons last year. So, got plenty of. I think you just have plenty of talent there. It's just putting it all together, and you and like you know when they're clicking on clicking on all cylinders, you can see it. Oh, I mean, yeah. you just rewatch, you know, Sally is against the Bengals, but you can rewatch that Bengals game, and you can just see that offense clicking on all cylinders. They're putting a ton of pressure on the defense. They're completing long passes, 20-plus yards. And they're just, you know, rolling down the field. Yeah, and I'll get... And they are a lot... They're a very good team. Uh, They're a good team. And they, for the most part, they're very good at winning games that they're supposed to win. I mean, they've beat the Bengals twice, which the Bengals are technically an inferior opponent to them at this point. They've beat them twice, which are two big wins in the division. Um, and then they played a tremendous football game against the Cowboys. They sadly like let off the gas pedal, and the Cowboys started to come back a little bit at the end. But the Browns' offense was unstoppable that game. Uh, so I, I do agree with you 100% that he is an average quarterback, and it's reflected that he's average. But I'm not willing to accept that he will be an average quarterback throughout his career. I don't think if he keeps on playing like this, I think the Browns should maybe. Uh, I don't know. They should definitely keep. Uh, I don't know. They shouldn't go to a new quarterback because he is average. I guess he's not below average. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still do think that he has potential to be like the tenth best quarterback in the league. I don't know if. I mean, I think it you can give up and say that he'll be as good as like Kyler Murray showing that he's going to be um, or guys like that. Um, but no, I'm a, I, I got faith in Baker. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the next three weeks are definitely going to show, are definitely going to distinguish him as an average, uh, you know, above average quarterback. He plays the, the Texans this week who Must are, are on a late surge after firing their coach, but, Texans aren't a bad squad. Browns are favored by two and a half. Okay. And then they play the Eagles the week after. Definitely should beat them. And then you play the one and six Jaguars after that. So they might be eight and three. Eight and three. They, they should, should be, be eight, eight and three. And three. They wow. should be eight and three after the next three weeks. And they'll probably be third in the division still. Probably. Cause I don't then, know who the Ravens Steelers play. I don't know either. Weeks. But I mean, well, Steel- the Steelers, Steelers play Cowboys. Are the Cowboys this week. Yeah. And then, uh, anyway, I don't know what week is that. Even if the Ravens lose twice, they'll still be ahead of the Browns in division because of head-to-head. So that's crazy. They could be 8-3 and three and third in the division. I mean, odds are if they're 8-3, and three, like if they win those three games, they'll probably finish 10-6. and six Yeah. Because they play – the Ravens again and the Steelers again, yeah. which odds are going to be two more losses. So they're 10-5. Yeah. yeah. They play the Giants and Jets. Both should be wins there. Yeah. And then they play the Titans, which 
kind of a toss-up. Yeah, it just depends on how both teams are playing. But honestly, they should not finish below nine and seven. No, that would be they very, should. very bad. They should. I mean, nine and seven, ten and six. I feel like it's a big difference. They have. They still have five bottom ten teams in the league left. They do. Yeah, they do have five bottom teams left, which is really good for them. I think it. I think. It would do a lot for them if they win these next three weeks, riding higher momentum, and then they they're at home against Tennessee. So I feel like you know if they win those three games, especially playing you know the bottom feeders, like it would just build a lot of momentum. They it bring a lot into that game against Tennessee, who I feel like is somewhat struggling at the moment, mm-hmm. especially Tannehill's been struggling. That you know if they can, I mean they've always had a good rushing defense. If they can limit Henry and force Tannehill to throw the ball, I think they're in good shoes. Yeah. And they played their offense like they know. Tennessee obviously will give up points, giving up 31 to the Bengals. So, thinking Brown should have no no uh, problem putting up 30-plus against them either. I hope so. I really do hope so. That would definitely um, be ideal against them. Uh, so, the Bears didn't make any moves at the deadline. Um mm-hmm. However, they are, what are they, five and three? Yep, five and three, and closely, like, uh, approaching 500 very fast. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big game against the Titans coming up this week. They just had a, how much did they lose by to the Saints? It was an overtime field goal. Oh, shoot, I forgot it went into overtime. So, another close game. <laughs> another close game that we just, like, our, I thought our defense played amazing. Like, they kept us in the game, and when we needed them to step up, they really did. Yeah, they're, you know, they're really good at that week in, week out. They, they really are. You know, I feel like obviously everyone knows the Bears defense is good, but I feel like they just don't get enough credit at yeah. times. They really keep the Bears in games, even though their offense does not at all. Yeah. So, I mean, you give us like an average defense, we are definitely below 500. Yeah. He was an average defense. We were below 500. And, you know, granted, the Saints did a good job keeping up, like, punting and giving us the ball, like, from our 30-yard line or less. They did a really good job at that, forcing us to drive. And I feel like the, the one drive we had through Foles throws, like, a 49-50-yard pass to Miller, completes it. You know, two plays later, throws a 25-yard touchdown pass to Allen Robinson. And I'm sitting here like, Where's this been all season? Yeah. I was like, I'm like, I can't believe this just happened. We just scored a <laughs> touchdown from our 20 yard line in less than three minutes. Yeah, I, I like this is such like, where's this been all season? Yeah, and then after that drive, we just resort back to like just being very average. You know, five yard checkdowns, running on you know second and nine, and like doing all like very predictable stuff. Yeah, which I don't understand. But it was it was like there was a lot of positives. Defense stepping up, defense staying strong. Uh, Akeem Hicks was playing through some injury, like he had something wrong with his rib for sure. Oh really? And like you could tell after some plays, the man was just winded. But he stayed out there and grinded out the game. Like I was really excited to see that. We limited Kamara to not getting in the end zone, which I thought was really important. Granted, you know it's hard to keep them. Locked up. He did that one catch for like 40 yards, which was kind of sad. 
But that was just blown coverage by Mac, which I don't know why Mac's in coverage. <laughs> but I thought overall we did pretty well, limiting, you know, Drew Brees under 300, under three touchdowns, Kamara, keeping Kamara out of the end zone, which was big. Um, he did have that defensive breakdown on that Kamara slant over the middle. And then the one rookie safety that was in charge of the tight end, literally, I don't know if you saw the touchdown, tight end is running, right? It's like the five-yard line. And the safety is at like the goal line. The tight end takes one step to his left, and the safety just goes right there. Like he takes like three steps going left, and he, the tight end just cuts over the middle. Not a single person in sight. Like, oh like, no! Like an easy touchdown. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know who this rookie is, but he needs to get his act together because that oh, was just no. not good. Yeah, uh, another bright spot on the Bears that hasn't been talked about much because there's been no need to talk about it. But don't want to jinx it. But Cairo Santos, don't know if he's a long term. Get to that. Yeah. Don't know if he's like a long term dude, but he's been great for the Bears. Can't really complain too much with the output he's had. Put you guys in situation. He's made basically every big kick he I've seen. Went three for three last week. Forty four yarder, a twenty nine yarder, and a fifty one yarder sending to overtime. Yeah, that was so, huge. That was yeah. The man did make clutch goals for us, which is awesome to see from a Bears fan standpoint. You know, I just, I just really think that, I mean, the sad thing is look, looking at, like, the win probability, like, 90% of the game, it's in the Saints. If you can't see, yeah, it's kind of black. Yeah. Like, 90% of the game is in the Saints, where I feel like we had chances to really step on their throat and put pressure on them, yet we didn't. You know, I, I don't like. I really, really need to analyze what happened on that drive with Miller, and just figure out ways to do it. We have Mooney on the side here, who I'm sure you've seen all over Twitter. His routes and just bust like he just breaks through the coverage, busting people off. Easy forty yard pass. Oh, like, he's a like, dog. Yeah, like the man is breaking ankles, getting open, and Foles is just overthrowing him every time. You know. And I really think that having those type of plays would definitely like surge our offense. And hey, getting those plays opens up the field. Oh, it, it, it makes the corners, you know, think they're going for a deep route. Next thing you know, you can cut, you know, cut over the middle for a 15 yard pass because they think you're going deep. And and having the pressure of Mooney and Miller on the sides like that also gives you know pressure off Robinson, the number yeah. one guy who made an awesome catch last week in the end zone. So, yeah, and and Nagy really hasn't been very good to what we see. But if Foles does make some more good throws downfield, it makes the job a lot easier on Nagy to open up the playbook a little bit more mm-hmm. for him. Like, I got to use the restroom really bad, buddy. <laughs> Go to commercial or do whatever. I'll just keep talking. I, I had a lot of stuff to talk about. So, anyway, I feel like the, the key to the bear success this week is you really got to complete those long four-yard passes. When the chances are given to you to get a big play, you got to convert. You know, that's really what makes a decent slash good team into a great team. And those like that's like one of the steps the Bears are going to have to take, to, you know, to get out there with the better teams. And if they make those plays, they can very, I think they can very easily win the division. You have the shaky Packers over here who just who got slaughtered by the Vikings. The Vikings have been struggling all season. 
Lions have been they've been decent, but nothing like nothing great. Bears can definitely beat the Lions. Bears can definitely beat the Vikings. They can definitely beat those two teams, especially with how Kirk is playing. Kirk has not been playing well this season, and they just put pressure on him. He'll throw picks. And against the Packers, you know, the key stat here about Aaron Rodgers in over, I think he's an under 500 winning percentage when he is down in any game. Where most quarterbacks, Lamar, Patrick Holmes, I think Breeze is up there too. Um, like those are like three top guys that whenever they are down in a game at any point, they still have an above 500 winning percentage where Rodgers is the only exception. Top QB in the league, first ballot Hall of Famer, but does not come back from leads more than, like more than half the time. So that tells me the Bears need to put pressure on this Packers team and force Rodgers to to make the play. And I don't know what week they play. I'm going to find out right now. But they play 9, 10. They play week 11. They play week 11 and week maybe at 16 or 17. The last week for them. So that's when they play, which are two big games for us. Finish the season there. Play the Vikings next week. Need a win there. Need to beat the Lions. And we need to beat the Jacks. So ideally, this week's a toss-up. I'm, I'm going to talk about it last. But Vikings, they got to win six and three. They got to beat the Packers, obviously, to go seven and three. They, but like six and three, beat the Lions seven and three. They beat the Texans. Texans are not that good. They have a great, they have a good offense, but they're a team that is struggling with management and other issues. You know, you have, and then you have the Jaguars who are one and six at the moment and not a good ball club. So looking at that, the Bears have, they basically got to play good football if they want to win this division. A lot of their matchups, you know, they have another game against the Lions, two against the Vikings, two against the Packers, and they got to step up in those games if they want a chance at winning this division. Where they eat, where they very easily could, but they have to make those long plays, march down the field, put pressure on the defense and put pressure on the opposing quarterbacks and not give them, you know, three and outs, like really get good drives. I'm not talking like 12-minute drives the Falcons get and they kick a field goal. But put pressure on the defense, get those 40-yard plays when Mooney and Miller are open on the on the outside and go from there. Um, I was able to a little bit hear what you were saying while I was in the restroom. The speaker apparently is on in there and plays the radio show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, very, very quiet though. We need the email maintenance and make <laughs> sure that they're blaring it, especially at the time that the show is on. So people can listen to their Last sports. week. I don't know what it was, but you could like hear yourself from in here from outside. It was that loud. It was that loud. Yeah. I know. Kind of sick. I was like talking, I was talking here and then I could hear myself echoing like it's a, <laughs> like a 10 second delay from when I speak in here and it's broadcasted. So I'm hearing like a 10 second delay from outside into here. I'm hearing my own voice, which is always kind of cringy. But yeah. Anyway, moving forward, uh, we're going to do the pick them this week. Ian and I have already kind of picked our uh, matchup this week because I think it's a fairly obvious one and a good one. But let's hear our options. So okay. going through the games, Packers 49ers, 
I am not confident in that game at all. Yeah, I agree with that. If I had to pick, I'd go. I personally would go Packers, even though, as you were saying, I think the Niners have a solid chance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do think the Packers are are going to come out on top in that game, though. Um, you have the Broncos versus the Falcons. Um, Broncos have been surging lately. Yeah, I don't. They just beat the Chargers. I don't know what Drew Lock has been on, or if he's doing more of those dances or whatever song he was doing <laughs> in college. But um, you know, I think I'm, Atlanta's favored, but. You can't can't count on Atlanta. You can't. Yeah, well, yeah, against a team like the Broncos, yeah, you can't. Yeah. No, Seahawks Bills, which I think is gonna be a very good game. I think I could be very back. Seattle's favored by three, but uh, the Bills were struggling last week against the Jets, right? They, I think the Jets seem to get in the end zone. They won eighteen to ten. They had six field yeah. goals. Obviously, got Bears Titans. I uh, for our pick'em, I do not plan on betting on the Bears. Yeah, for a single week. It's even I, tough to go against the Bears too. I, I can't go. I can't go against them, and I can't go with them because I don't know how they're going to perform. I don't know what team I'm going to get, which is kind of sad. But this is interesting. We have Ravens versus the Colts, and the Ravens are only favored by two and a half. Yeah, and the Colts haven't looked too hot. They almost got... They came back against the Bengals two weeks ago mm-hmm. when they should have been upset. Um, I am on the side of thinking the Ravens will win in Indy. I don't know. There are a lot of close games this week, teams with similar records. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, do, I do think Ravens will win. It. I feel like that spread's pretty pretty good. The Colts will keep the game pretty low. I think the Colts do have a, a good defense. I mean, granted, they beat the Bears 19-11. to 11. So, <laughs> yeah, what a fun score that is. And we got Panthers-Chiefs. Obviously, Chiefs are way favored in that game by 11. We are playing their defense this week, even though I don't know who else to pick up. But yeah. we're, we're going to roll with them. Yeah, for sure. We're going to find another defense. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Next week. It's our third week in a row playing them. I mean, so far, it's been paying out a lot. Yeah. 29 in week eight, or 29 in week seven. 23, actually, sorry. And then nine points last week. Pretty damn good. Right so I, I think if a defense gives you eight and above, it's a good It's a very good it's pretty week. Pretty good. We got a clash in the NFC North here. Lions-Vikings. There, I don't even see a spread on ESPN right now. Yeah, maybe it's it. a pick 'em game. It might be a pick 'em. So who do you think's gonna win? Oh, it's without Stafford. It's without Stafford. Yeah, That's the key. I gotta go Vikings. I'm going Vikings too. We got uh, Mike Glennon starting. Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon is starting oh for the gosh. Lions. Oh my gosh, I didn't know he was a lion. Yikes. Yeah, I know the backup. <laughs> The Bears paid him a ton of money for one year. I remember to be a QB for him, and then we like you. I don't even know the backup quarterbacks that we had. Like it's just insane that like where they are right now. Yeah, there's him. um, Matt Barkley is another backup for the Bears that we had confidence in. I forgot you guys had Matt Barkley too. I mean, the the list goes on and on. I, I. but Chase Daniels isn't even on the roster anymore. Uh, no, he might. Dude, I forget what team he's on. He, he, had he is on. He, he might be. Um, no, he actually might be the one starting for. 
Um, no, Chief Daniel. My, my, sorry, Chief Daniel is starting for the Lions. Yeah, no um, way. I gotta look up. I other internal stuff for us. Oh, Mike Lennon's on the Jags. Oh, my bad. But no, it's it's Chase Daniel. My it's wrong wrong Bears backup. My bad. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's Chase Daniel starting. So I'm definitely gonna watch that game to see how he plays. But wow, the Vikings should definitely win that game. I think. I mean, that's probably they don't have a spread on it, but that should be fun. Especially, I don't know. Do you think Cook runs all over the Lions? I think the Lions just strictly have to take Cook out of the game. Like, make him a non... I don't mean hurt him. Like, make him a complete non-factor and make Kirk have to just chuck it 50 times. That gives him a solid chance. I agree. Gosh, I don't know. But then the Lions just need to pound the ball. For having one of the worst run attacks the last five years in football, they need to somehow figure it out this They week. do. They got to they gotta find some... Interesting plays. Maybe you're in some play actions, have a tight end roll out for like eight yards. Do some interesting play calls. Speaking of uh, play calling, did you see the Bucks giants game on this Monday, last Monday? No. The Giants are were winning, I think it was, I've been 17 to 10 at half. Okay. The Giants play calling was amazing. I don't know what, I don't know what it was. They weren't like doing like huge ass plays. They were getting like consecutive seven to eight yard plays, like back to back to back, seven, eight yard plays. And their play calling was just like the easiest for Daniel Jones. Like it, it was kind of like the Bears when they were 12, 12 and four, giving play calls to Trubisky, where, all right, it's a play action. You roll out to the left, your tight end's going to be open. Yeah. All right, next play is a slant play. The, um, your slot receiver's going to be wide open over the middle because they, like, they're blitzing. Because the Bucks blitz on 75% of plays. Really? I didn't know that, but I found that out. And th just their play calling was awesome for most of the game. And then all it took was just two bad passes where the Bucks pressure got to Jones on two plays. And it had like both both picks happened the same way where a Bucks player grabbed on the Jones. And Jones is still trying to throw the ball to his receiver with, you know, a three hundred pound oh. man holding on to him. <laughs> and it just sadly would th it would throw it and couldn't get anything behind it and the corner would just cut it off. Cut it off, catch oh. it, pick. And the announcers are like, you know, obviously Jones has been looking good today, but it's just those small things where you you got to know when a play's over. You got to know when you're doing too much, you're getting sacked, and you got a you know, 300-pound man trying to drag you down, just throw it away. Throw it away. Yeah. Because without, Damn, those, without those two picks, I seriously think the Giants have a legit chance at being the Bucks. Yeah. Because, and That's then definitely what the score showed at the end of the game. 25 23. Did you see how the game ended? Was so, it on a two point play? Yeah, it was on a two point play. So, Bucks scored a touchdown. Giants drive all the way down the field. And there's like, I don't know, 20 seconds left in the game. And drive all the way down the field, get the touchdown. And they convert like two fourth downs along the way. They had a fourth and 16, and they converted it. Oh, my God. So they're making great plays out here. And then I think Sliding caught like the fourth and 16 pass and get to the two-point conversion. They do a classic rollout play. They De Deion Lewis in the backfield, 
run he's right next to Jones. He runs up and goes in motion to the right. And they have three wide receivers who are kind of, I think, as that blockade where they run out to the left. Oh, yeah. So it opens up space for the running back yeah, to like the a right. Yeah, play, yeah. Lewis gets wide open. Jones hesitates and then throws the ball to allow the corner to get there. And the corner kind of hits Lewis early. But oh, the yeah, corner's Winfield, arm, yeah. But the corner's arm is out there and it hits the corner's arm. So technically, like, he has the right to the ball and he was there. And hit his arm. So I thought it was a good no call, to be honest. But I feel like if it hits Lewis in the chest and doesn't hit Winfield in the arm, the PI in my yeah. eye. Yeah. I did hear something about that, that it could have been called a PI. It probably was a good no call, though, especially because it, like, it sounds like there was a pick play ran. So you could have maybe called offensive PI on, like, a receiver, possibly mm-hmm. trying to cause a pick on a DB. Um, Damn, but yeah. So if Jones basically just throws the ball early, it should he, be he, like he literally he just throws it early and trusts the play call, t- uh, two point conversion, and OT. Oh, so that's really how it was. He hesitated on the play. Like I like you literally watch a play, and I feel like if you're a normal football fan, you knew the play. Yeah, because so many people run that where the running back goes in motion out. And then he just turns around and you throw it to him after three wide receivers, you know, just bail out. Yeah, it's a hard play to stop. It is. Because the guy covering him is in the middle of the field. And then Lewis starts sprinting. This guy is catching up. And you just throw it to him. He's at like the three-yard line. He catches the corner, still trying to catch up. And yeah. basically, you just got to run through him. So that's how that play ended. But anyway, looking at this week, we got... Um, Ooh, Raiders Chargers even, by the way. I think that's interesting. Yeah, the Raiders are kind of sneaky good. I never give them the credit that they deserve. They are a pretty decent football team this year. They did beat the Chiefs, which I didn't even watch that game, but I don't know how they did. Yeah. You're not wrong. And Herbert has been playing great, but they somehow haven't been winning football games. Their kicker's been missing a few kicks, and Herbert did have two second-half picks last week, but... The dude's putting them in positions to win games that they probably weren't expecting to win at the beginning of the year. They're just not pulling it out. What I'm amazed by is the Titans are 5-2, and two, and they have Giskowski as their kicker. One and of the most reliable guys, and he, I think he's missed more than he's made this that's season. W- isn't there a weird stat where he's been great over 50, but inside 50, he's yeah. been bad? Yeah, I, think he, I don't think he's missed one over 50. Oh and then gosh. within there, he's... Uh, like under 500 for making jeez like one of the most best historic kickers and i th- i've come to the conclusion he's a system kicker oh <laughs> we didn't know that existed <laughs> until this year i guess nope i'm making that up right now for wow. all the, for all the expatriate players wow i am start i'm starting to go along the lines of brady's obviously not a system quarterback because I feel like the first couple of weeks he struggled, but now he's coming into his own, learning the Buck system and everything. Oh yeah. And this week's this this week's gonna be interesting because who are, the, are the Bucks on by? No, they it looks like they got the Saints. Do yeah. they have the Sunday night game? Yeah, I think they got the Sunday oh, night they do, game. Yeah. It's interesting because this week they got a what 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 is he? himself um business is booming is joining the buccaneers oh gosh ab ab 
first week for AB this week. Oh, boy. Yeah, that'll be really interesting how they put him into their if offense. You remember the first game he played with the Patriots, he got like 80 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, he could be a risky like wide receiver 2-3 start in mm-hmm. the flex. But, I mean, it's worth a try, though. Wow. Dolphins, Cardinals. Cardinals favored by four and a half. They should win that game. They really should. That would, for Dave, I really hope the Cardinals win. That way he doesn't hear anything from Matty J if Tua beats I heard, him. I heard you guys have a group chat. You guys just talk shit to Matty J all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge me and Dave against Matt consistently <laughs> telling him that Tua sucks. And and I, I personally do try to root for Tua. Dave says, screw him. I don't like him. <laughs> he like... Uh, you got to root for the guy. Like I hope he does mm-hmm. really well. Um, but I like I threw in it was he was like nine for eighteen with seventy yards passing and a touchdown. And I sent in. I was like, "Hey, Matt, not watching the game, but it seems like two is thrown from a wheelchair this week." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, there's been no need to uh, use him. So I mean, we're going to win the game. It's not like Herbert where he just loses games for teams." And we're like, "Hold up, dude! No, they isn't. wouldn't be in games if it wasn't for Herbert." No, but yeah, there's a big group chat about that. It's a funny, so funny deal. And Kyler's probably going to have a field day. I feel like he always has field days against defenses like that. So that'd be interesting. And then uh, Ian, and I, Ian and I's pick of the week is Steelers versus the Cowboys. Yeah, big fan. Poor Ben DiNucci, not even starting this week. Yeah, it's like he's gone. He's gone? I don't I, I, like. He's not even the name of starters they could have. What? It's between Cooper Rush, who was a starter for like Central Michigan in college, who was pretty good, and between Garrett Gilbert, who is like a former third-string quarterback for the Browns. What's wrong with Danucci? I don't know. So does this mean we're going to have more memes about this quarterback? I don't know. It, it, he just must have been a one-week experience in, or experiment, and they're like, all right, he sucks. Let's go on to the next guy who probably is just as bad. That's unbelievable. Yeah, Gary Gilbert and Cooper Rush. I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw it on, like, the bottom line or something one day. Found it very interesting. They just gave up on the guy. But sign Kaepernick. Do something. All right, I think the Bears should sign Danucci as a backup. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's unreal, though. Wow. Who do you think? All right, if you had a bet, who are they going to start? Uh, hopefully Cooper Rush, because I've seen Garrett Gilbert play for the Browns. Okay. The only time I've seen Cooper Rush play is in college. I'm gonna. I would say Cooper Rush because he's a cooler. He's a better name. He does have a really good name. So, and they need Zeke to get back to form. They stand no chance with how Zeke's been playing. Dude, it was like once uh, Dak went out and they brought in Dalton, and in that one game he fumbled on back-to-back plays, and it's like, wow, that, that's weird. And then they put in Pollard for like the next drive and a half. But it's kind of sad to see as a fan standpoint. But, I mean, obviously Steelers should slaughter them this week. Really looking forward to that. Uh, That's pretty much our pick. I was looking at Patriots Jets to possibly save the Steelers for later. But I'm like, you know, I can't get greedy in this league. It takes a matchup like that. And obviously Jets are 0-8. 
but they got they can easily become one and eight against a Patriots team that is struggling for sure. And especially Ian's team undefeated, you got to keep on staying undefeated. That's that's the goal right now. I'm thinking after last week, after the two upsets, he's um, got to be like top ten in the league. I mean, I I think there's like sixty to seventy people. That was before there was I think there was eighty five people left total. I don't know how many without with a loss or without, but after the Falcons beat the Panthers, big. Bengals beat the Titans, big. Um, trying to think of any Vikings beat the Packers. Which I don't know if anyone bet on that game, but that was big. Dolphins beat the Rams. It's another decent. Yeah, upset. that's another big one. Broncos beat the Chargers. Another decent upset. Um, I'm trying to think like any other upsets really. That's like that's pretty much it. I knew I, I figured a lot of them chose the Eagles over the Cowboys. Yeah. But I mean, those are like three to four big games right there that I'm sure people picked. And we've we gladly avoided it and the Buccaneers found a way to win last week, which was really good for us. Yeah, that was massive. So I mean looking at that, definitely definitely punching in Steelers Cowboys this week. Pittsburgh's favored by 14. So, sounds like a chief spread. But do you think they cover? Yes, I think think so too. I think the over under, they must think the Cowboys offense is only going to score like 10 points or seven points. It's only 42. Wow. Which is crazy, dude. It's a good over under, not going to lie. Because I don't think the Cowboys score more than 10 points. Against that defense? I know. It's going to be really hard, too. <laughs> I'm thinking the Cowboys get a late-time touchdown and a field goal, and the Pittsburgh scores, like, 35 to 38. And so I bet like the only, that's, like, the only way it goes over. Yeah. But you never know. The Steelers score 43 on their own. Cover it. Jeez. Hey, that'd be like, that'd be like the Dodgers and... uh. The first get, inning. get in the over in the first inning. Heck yeah. I, I always thought, imagine if you put the under for that game just to see the Dodgers put up 10 in the first. You're like, oh, well, that was a bad bet. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, you know, love to see that. Steelers this week. 99% sure that should be a win, which is exciting. And then the week afterwards, we're picking Packers versus the Jaguars. Okay. Jaguars are one and six. Not a great defense. Packers obviously had struggled on defense, but I feel like against the Jags, the Packers could come out top. Yeah, I'm a big I like that pick a lot. The early spread for the game, Packers minus thirteen and a half. So I'm very confident yeah. in that. The only like week eleven is currently my only loophole. Because the game I'm going to probably end up picking is Chargers versus the Jets. Okay. Which I don't think is terrible. No, I don't think it is either. It's, currently, it's Chargers minus eight. It's, I can't believe they have a spread that far ahead. But I'm thinking, like, that's probably, like, a reliable pick against the Jets. You know, got to keep going with the against the Jets philosophy. Oh, for sure. Roll against the Jets, baby. So that's our pick for this week. Um, let me know if you guys have any other options moving forward. But I really do think, like, we got a lot of good matchups. Steelers Cowboys this week, Packers versus Jaguars, which I'm a bit iffy about because I'm hoping 
the Jags don't turn into the next Vikings against the Packers. But hopefully they don't. But uh, without further ado, I think we're going to talk about the brief MLB awards. Yeah. Who we, who we think is going to win what. Uh, the gold gloves. I heard the Barstool guys say the gold gloves are a joke. Uh, Did you see that video? There was like... It wasn't that the gold gloves are a joke, right? It was more that it was a joke that it was on the night oh, of the election. election night. Yeah. It was like a terrible look for Rob Manfred, the fact that like at the same time, prime time mm-hmm. election. Dude, and some of the guys they give gold gloves to, I don't even know. Yeah. I didn't even know their name. Like J.P. Crawford at shortstop for the AL. So, um, yeah, there was him and then... Um, gold gloves. J.P. Crawford. There was another guy. And then... Um, Cesar. Oh, the guy for the Rangers. As Isaiah Kinner Falefa. Falefa. Like, yeah. Like I, he's If he got for third base, right? Yeah. I don't even know who he is, which obviously Chapman would have got if he was healthy. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, it was sad to see that uh, Jason Hayward does not, did not continue his run in right field. Oh, who got it Mook, over? Mookie got Mookie. it. Of course, Mookie got it. Damn, that hurts. Oh. And Mookie continued his streak, right? Who are the two guys that continued their streaks? Um, Arenado did. That's what it was. Arenado. Arenado. Alex Gordon won one. I think they might have given it to because he's retiring. Yeah. Retiring. Uh, I, I guess Joey Gallo got one. I've never seen him play right field. Yeah. Maybe. In my eyes, I, 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 like when I heard Joey Gallo in right field, I just think of Castellanos in right field. Yeah. Not going to lie. He has an absolute cannon for an arm. I know that. I don't know if he actually covers that much ground. Maybe he had a lot of putouts or something. Or assists. I mean, Possibly. outfield assists. So, uh, what else we got here? Two Indians got awards. Perez and uh, Hernandez. Yeah, good for Roberto Perez. He is a very good defensive catcher. Um, and he had a pretty good staff yeah. this year to help him out. Pretty two, deserving. Two Ohio teams both got the catching Gold gloves. Yeah. Which was cool to see. Barnhart, Mr. I feel like he's like Mr. Reliable back there. I wonder when the last time this was an interesting stat. Hopefully Bauer wins the NL Cy Young for the Reds' sake. I th- I'd assume he will, but I can't confirm it for sure. Um, I wonder when the last time this the a team won the Cy Young and had a gold glove catcher for him. I think that'd be an interesting stat to find out sometime. Be. I saw Bauer decline the the qualifying offer yeah. from the Reds. Yeah, he obviously made it clear though. He was like, yeah. I'm denying it, but I'm still interested in the mm-hmm. Reds. I saw that, yeah. I mean, it makes sense to deny it. You're trying to look for a lot of money, but at least, he's, at least he was still optimistic with the Reds. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So there's that. It was, I feel like their words were definitely almost sporadic. He gave Robert a gold glove in center. He deserved it a ton. He, he was a stud well, in when the you, outfield. I mean, when you catch five balls for left and right as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, Baez finally got one. Baez, that was fun to see. Apparently last year he like led he led the league in some defensive stat. I don't know if it was like runs gained. I think he did, but he split time between second and short. Yeah, and it, so he, and he couldn't get one it. for a specific spot. Yeah, which so sucked. It was cool to see shortstop Bias got it. Definitely deserved to get a Gold Glove at some point for sure. Cool to see that Colin Wong. I think he continued his streak. I think he got one last year. Did he? I think so. Okay. The Cardinals announcers always rave about Wong getting a gold glove. They always do that. <laughs> I'm telling you. Who was the other Cardinal? Oh, Tyler O'Neill. Oh, right. Tyler O'Neill in, in left field. Yeah. I haven't seen him play much. 
Grisham, the ex-brewer, made a terrible play in right field. Yeah, gets, it gets a center. gold glove in center the next year. That is year. hilarious. So that's fun to see. Um, interesting to see Arenado beats out Machado for a gold glove. That's a pretty good that's race right there. Pretty good race right there. Although Arenado is always, I don't know. Like, who would you rather have on your team? Nolan Arenado or Manny Machado? I want to say Arenado. But he had a bad year this year. He didn't. I don't think he did as well offensively. Yeah. He, he had a pretty bad offensive year. Um, probably Arenado. I'd probably say Arenado. I think. As well. But dude, Machado though, like people don't like him. He he's paid a lot of money to be playing for the Padres, but he's elite defensively and had a very probably elite hitting year this year. Like. He's his good. numbers backed up his money this year. His mm-hmm. yeah, backed up his money this year. Like he put up some legit numbers and was top. I mean, he was probably a top two third baseman this year, numbers wise, for sure. So yeah, I mean, he's, I'd probably say Arenado as well, just because he's just been so reliable in Colorado. For Granted, sure. they say like you add thirty points to your average when you play in Colorado, but I mean, he's still hitting the ball well, and he makes. All the plays there just look so easy. For sure. I don't feel like as many people do in the league. Uh, and moving on from that. Um, who, uh, who won the pitcher gold glove? Max Freed. Max Freed. And, and then, then Griffin Canning for the oh, Angels. for the Angels. Okay, that's I don't who know who Griffin Canning is. Yeah, I knew he's. I know he's like a lefty pitcher for him. I, I feel like I can fit the Rays and the Angels in the same boat as I can't name half their players. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> Now I can, though. After the World Series, I think I can name most of their starting lineup. Yeah, for sure. But I, I really can't. What am I, I, think, I think my favorite name on the Rays is uh, Joey Wendell. Oh, Joey I think, Wendell. I, like, I think Wendell's. Because he's the guy that bats with no batting gloves. Like, yeah. He's like, he like kind of short and stocky. And yeah, he looks so odd up there. <laughs> he really does. He looks like a little leaguer. Anyway, brother texted me 20 minutes ago. I didn't see this. But he's giving his reasons because he can't call in, sadly. This thing, this thing still is on. It's annoying. But he says, since I can't call in, here are this, this week's reasons why Josh Allen is the MVP of the NFL. Okay. So he said, Josh Allen's fourth in the league with a 81 QBR. He's fifth in the league in passing yards over 2,000. Uh, outside the pocket, Allen has the third best QBR in the league. Okay. And then Allen is just the fourth QB in NFL history to start the season start the season with seven hundred plus passing yards and six or more touchdowns and no picks. Wow. So he says, Where's the Josh Allen elite conversation? Wow. Granted, the first counter counter argument I have is that he couldn't get in the end zone against the Jets. Yeah, there's some games where he does struggle a little bit. Um, they had, they had six field goals against the Jets. Where you look at the Chiefs, and they just scored five touchdowns, like it was nothing. Patty Mahomes is carrying Tyreek Kill off the field because Tyreek's running all over him. Yeah, just yeah, torched through the air. I think this week is real like a good pivot point because he's playing the current MVP in our eyes in Russell Wilson, yeah, Seahawks for sure. And, and, yeah, that didn't even mention Josh Allen's rushing stats. 
No, I'm yeah, Allen. I don't know how many rushing touchdowns he has, but he definitely has a good amount. Yeah, he's been. I'd definitely put him in the top five in the MVP race. Maybe top three. I guess I haven't looked at it too hard. It might be Russell Wilson. Oh, I mean, Patty Mahomes. It's like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Patty Mahomes, and Josh Allen are like the four. Yeah, they are the four. I mean, after Mahomes has like always been up there, but he hasn't shown like that streak of greatness. Yeah, last week was huge for his stats. Last week was huge. I mean, he, I don't know how many passing yards. It was definitely under 300. Oh, really? I, I feel like. I think it was under. Oh, really? I yeah. feel like he put up high 300s, really. I don't think he threw for more than 300. Uh, I'll tell you the box score right now. Box score. Oh, never mind. I'm way, I'm way wrong. I thought I thought he was just very efficient. That's what oh, I okay. thought it was. I thought he was just like nailing passes. No, I was way wrong. Um, did you know that their backup quarterback had a more uh, more aver- uh, more yards per pass than Patty Mahomes? Who was their backup? Well, they put in two backups. Oh, one was like Hen, a pretty good college quarterback. Hen, they put in he he went three for four at seventeen yards, averaging four point three. Oh, Chad Henney, Chad Henney, that's Chad Henney, and they put in Townsend. Who was one for one for thirteen yards? Hey, good for him. QBR of one twenty. <laughs> oh, wow. Or a rating of one twenty. He doesn't have a QBR, but I don't know. I don't know the difference between rating and QBR. I don't know the difference. I don't either. One's out uh, of a hundred, and yeah, one. rating is like one sixty or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but Penny Mahomes must have had a pretty like perfect QBR. He did put up a ton of yards. I don't know why I thought it was three hundred, but he went thirty-one for forty-two. For 416. Wow. For t- for an average of 10 yards. So he did slaughter yeah, have the, a, have the a day. Jets, which he definitely should have, and he, and he covered the spread. So they covered was, it pretty early. They did cover the spread. Anyway, um, looking back at the Bills this week, Allen is definitely going to step up if he wants to put himself in an MVP conversation and basically outplay Russell Wilson. Like, which is going to be hard to do. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at this, the Bills beat the Dolphins by three. They beat the they beat the Rams by three, beat the Raiders by seven. So you could argue that they've had a lot of close wins. They got slaughtered by the Titans, 42 to 16. Lost to the Chiefs. Scraped one against the Jets. Ugly, but they still won. And then had a close one against the Patriots by 24-21. Okay. So I feel like if he really, I mean, doesn't help his schedule moving forward, Seahawks, then he plays a decent Cardinals team, plays the Chargers who have a decent defense, but they should definitely beat them. 49ers who are up and coming now, then plays the Steelers. Broncos who are kind of sneaky good, Patriots who they should beat, and plays the Dolphins who they should beat. Okay. So, I mean, they have some speed bumps, speed bumps along the way, but not an easy schedule. So if they can find way, ways to win most of those games, then he's definitely in the conversation. For sure. But going back to that, let's let's move on to the segment here that everyone's been waiting for. All right, baby. Moving Big on. Ten football, baby. Huge upsets. I don't, I don't even know what's going on in the Big Ten, to be honest. Oh, dude, I don't there's know just, either. There's just so much stuff going on in the Big Ten. That like, I'm starting to pick upsets because, yeah, it's 
It's so unpredictable. Maybe they, by the way, maybe one of the biggest games this week, Boise State, man. I think oh, that's I what, tomorrow night. Who are they playing? They got BYU tomorrow night. Number oh. nine, BYU against number 21, Boise State. Oh, that's exciting. 21, Boise State? Yeah. They're, they're going to move oh, up big, baby. too, if they win. Um, Cincinnati this week, number six in the nation. They're six. Oh, my gosh. Playing Houston. Houston. Should they ran there. Memphis last week, too. We got Georgia against Florida. Great matchup there. That's um, huge. Oklahoma State dropped eight spots after their loss last week. Oh, yeah. Who'd they lose to again? Uh, they lost to Texas, 22 Texas in OT. Okay. Did Ellinger play that game? Mm-hmm. Did he? I feel like Ellinger's I, like that guy that's awesome and practices everything right, goes and goes in the game and just doesn't, uh, what's the word, uh, not transport, but doesn't like show. Oh, almost. yeah. I feel like I feel like Ellinger could be. I feel like people are thinking of him as the reincarnation of Payne Manning for Texas, but <laughs> he just hasn't been that way. Dude, and then I, the the biggest game of the week is the Clemson Notre Dame game with um, without with, Trevor without Lawrence, Lawrence and with DJ Ugalugalugi, um, however you say his name, Ugalai. Yeah, Ugalai yeah. yeah. maybe. You'll yeah, I don't know. The backup DJ. Clemson quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call him that. Um, we have a, another big game. You know, you have third Ohio State against Rutgers, who's been making a lot of noise. Dude, they announced it's a <laughs> night game. It's a night Th- game? That happened. They just announced it, like, this morning or last night. It's ha- it's a 6.30 game against Rutgers in, in Ohio, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, another game that won't get the, the attention it deserves, we got Army is uh, in their first leg of the commander in chief's trophy they play air force this week army six and one wow against like a one and two air force team maybe they'll get ranked with a win over air force this air week? force just lost to boise state last week oh that's why it's a pretty good loss <laughs> damn does army's quarterback have over 200 yards passing there's no way I I mean that'd be pretty tough. I mean I mean I'm I'm looking it up right now. It'd be a hell of a also Maction was in order last night. Hmm? The the oh, Max started yeah. last night and there were some absolute dog fights. Western Michigan put up fifty eight on Akron. Akron started off the game with an onside kick and they got flagged. They recovered it, but they got flagged oh, and had to kick it off or something like that. Dude, I think Akron might be the worst team in football. Yeah. College football, dude. I think they're terrible. Yeah, it is a shame. Liberty's ranked. Oh, my gosh. Liberty's ranked 25th. I'm just trying to find the, the Army quarterback stats. Gotcha. I can't even find the Army matchup. Um, while I'm looking, so Barstool Sports, they have their sports book, which has been open for like two months or so, mm-hmm. um, that I see like updates on on social media. And it's hilarious. It's like... A really cool concept because obviously they're super public about their gambling and like mm-hmm. are like joking about who their picks are for the week um but they have like their jokes like they love picking their overs and all this well for for mac football because big cat loves mac football mm-hmm. um they did a bet last night called lights camera maction <laughs> and this bet 
was that let's see. Oh, by the way, the the Army quarterback uh, has 156 passing yards. Wow, their close. leading receiver has six catches for 94 yards. Not bad. They are fourth in the nation in rushing yards per game. It looks like they run like a buck 80, 200. There's no way that's total rushing yards. It's got to be per game. Uh, 308. They've played seven games, so I'd imagine they have 308 a game. Jeez. Um, but so this lights camera action bet, it was over under 28 and a half. And it was through all the Mac games last night, which <laughs> was around like six, five or six games. Over 28 and a half combined missed kicks and turnovers. It covered in the like three minutes left in the final Mac game. It hit 29. Really? Yes, dude. Oh my god. In one of the games. So that one game opened with an onside kick. Um one team scored their opening touchdown of the year, missed the extra point. The next time they got the ball, they threw a pick six. The team that had the pick six then mix missed the extra point. There were three missed extra points in the first half of one of the first Matt games. Bro, <laughs> dude, we could we can drain those. And and the the videos of Big Cat and them was so funny because they were rooting like that bet is strictly rooting for the worst possible football. <laughs> and it's and it covered for terrible D one football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And especially like week one of the Mac, like I mean, obviously That's it's like pretty. It's dude. obviously pretty quality football. Like they're playing Division one football. There's some athletes, but it's just sad because like they're all going to be rusty. It's their first game. They're playing each other, and it just went exactly how they thought it would. That's like my brother when he bets on the MLS. Mm-hmm. He literally pounds the over because the defenses are garbage. He pounds like, <laughs> like I've shown you his parlays. He'll bet like eight. Eight games, pound the over in every game, and they'll hit every time. That is just great. So, I mean, if you're looking for a sport to pound the over and look at MLS soccer. MLS soccer. So, anyway, back to our Big Ten picks here. I forget what you had the game of the week is, so we'll have to go back to that. But uh, where's where's the schedule? Man? I'll get I'll give a quick update on the standings in the pick'em. Um. I am in dead last by myself. <laughs> five and eight <laughs> in a pick'em league. Straight know, up, not straight even up. spread. I'm five and eight, not doing not doing too hot. Um the whole Carcelli, the 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 Carcelli blood it's not doing the, too Grandpa Nossel tied second to last with my dad. <laughs> oh, they're they're geez. six and seven. Uh tied for fifth in the league. Meanwhile, Chris Courtney and Mr. Bledsoe tied at the top at eight and five. Wow. Um, they both, they're the only people that are undefeated in their game of the week picks too. The game of the week picks directly correlate to, to people's records. I mean, wow. like it's in order, like two and O oh at the top and then all the one and ones in the middle and all the O oh and twos at the bottom. There's two O oh and twos, me and my grandpa. Um, but so it's your brother and Mr. Bledsoe uh, at the top eight and five, and then you and Nick are tied for third um, at seven and six, just above 500. And then, as I said, my dad, my grandfather, just below, and then I'm at the bottom. Gotcha. 
This week, I think, is very interesting because there are a lot of picks that could go eat, like either way. Yeah, I'll, I I saved it for the radio show. I actually haven't thought about the matchups at all. I'm going just like not even thinking about it, hoping on the radio show. I just give my pick, and that's what happens. Right. So what's game of the week? So we'll do that last. So so the game of the week is, uh, I think, is it, it makes mi- sense mis- to do Michigan and Michigan IU. Right. Yeah. So we'll avoid that. We got, got uh, Grandpa Garcelli's Corn Huskers. Against the Wildcats. Yeah, after a week off, only got one game under the belt. One game under the belt. Northwestern is coming off a close comeback victory in Iowa. So, uh, Northwestern won 21-20 last week, beating Iowa, which was the game of the week. Mm-hmm. And then now they are facing the Cornhuskers, who I don't know their record, but... They're 0-1. They're 0-1. With the, the Ohio State loss. Ohio State loss. They've only played Ohio State. And, so. and, and weather won't be an issue in Chicago. We already see the forecast. It's going to be high 60s, 70 for game time. Mm-hmm. Damn, Northwestern favored. Northwestern's favored. Um, currently at the moment, I am riding the Wildcat train. Okay. Riding the Pat Fitzgerald train for Northwestern being Nebraska. Very um, well could go the other way, though. I didn't really watch the game uh, yeah. against Iowa. But a comeback victory means they're clicking on cylinders and they're ready to play those close games, which I think this will be. So I think Northwestern will come out on top. Okay. I'm a fan. I'm going Nebraska. All right. Fresh legs, week (laughs) off. I got to go Nebraska. I also have to just somehow come back in this league. I've dug myself a hole. And I'll be rooting for Nebraska. So my brother and I both picked Northwestern. Uh, we'll go to the we'll go this, the, we'll yep. do the, we'll do the obvious picks. This this one's split actually. You, your brother, and Nick are the only ones that picked Northwestern. Really, everyone else picked Nebraska, so it's split as even as it could get. Wow, so that's nice. Um, we'll go the one that I'm sure everyone's picked: Ohio State over Rutgers. Yeah, everyone went Ohio State over Rutgers. Obviously, not big nighttime game though in, in Ohio. I'm still waiting for that one game. Ohio State blows it. Oh so, no! But no. I don't think this will be the week. Hasn't happened under Ryan Day yet. That was only an <laughs> Urban Meyer thing. So there's that, and then we got Penn State versus Maryland in Penn State. Yeah, uh, Maryland uh, just who they just beat? They beat Minnesota. Yeah, they just beat Minnesota in um, overtime. Yep. Big time win there. So you have two guys that Penn State has lost to Indiana, lost Ohio State. Are they just 0-2? Yeah. 0-2 versus 1-1 Maryland. Yep. Uh, I have my pick, but who are you going with, Bert? Uh, I'm Penn State. I'm going It's going to be really. I mean, Penn State's got to get a win against Maryland, you'd hope. Obviously, we have no idea what's happening with this season. They could go 0-3 for all we know. Um, They could. So I'm going Penn State as well. Uh, my brother went Penn State as well. Okay. So let's go to next exciting one, Minnesota versus Illinois in Illinois. In Illinois? In Illinois. Okay. So Minnesota, coming. Minnesota's 0-2 at the moment. Against 0-2. 0-2 versus 0-2 Illinois. Uh, Minnesota lost a, got not a blowout, but they lost fair and square to Michigan and they lost to Maryland the week before in an ugly game. So, obviously, Minnesota's 0-2. Illinois has lost to... Who did they lose? They just lost to... I'm trying to 
Rutgers? No, no, it can't be Rutgers. No, no, Purdue. No, Purdue, and they lost to Wisconsin in week one. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's yeah. the only game Wisconsin's played. Yep. So, lost to Purdue, and they've lost to... Who's, who's Purdue playing? I don't even see him on here. No, their game got canceled. Oh, Wisconsin-Purdue, the Wisconsin that's game. right. Yeah. Anyway, Minnesota and Illinois, Bert. I got my pick. Uh, part of me wants to go Illinois, but... Uh, of the 0-2 teams, I think Minnesota's got to get their win before Illinois, so I'm going Minnesota. I'm going along with the uh, your Lovey Smith beard meme going along that. I think, <laughs> that, I think that beard drags him down. It really has so, been. I'm going Minnesota. My brother also went Minnesota this week. Yeah, everyone, everyone did pick Minnesota. So there's that. And then we have another a really good game. Iowa uh, against Michigan State. This in very well Iowa. could have been the game of the week. In my so opinion. this very well could have been Michigan State is one and one and one after losing to Rutgers week one, and they just beat Michigan last week. Massive huge, rivalry win, huge upset, big for them. And then Iowa, I believe they just lost to Northwestern week, and then week one they lost to Purdue. I think. Yeah, they're zero two. So they're zero two versus a one and one ball club. Uh. Damn, there so there really aren't many one and one teams in the Big Ten. It's mostly two and oh. Two and oh or, oh or and two. two. Yeah. So my brother and I are split on this, but Okay. Who are you thinking? Um it's in I, Iowa. I'm actually gonna go with the Spartans. I'm going with Michigan State. I'm hoping something clicked with the new coach that maybe something's gonna get rolling. I really hope Iowa doesn't click this week because I don't think they're as bad as an 0-2 mm-hmm. team. Um, but I'm, I'm going to Michigan State this week. I uh, So I went off Michigan State's hot hand, just beat a ranked Michigan. They are in Iowa. Iowa is 0-2 and struggling. They've lost a couple close games. Yeah. So I'm thinking Michigan State comes out here big and wins this game. I picked MSU. My brother picked Iowa. Uh, you, me, and Nick are the three that picked Michigan State. All right, nice. And then game of the week, Michigan in Indiana. Michigan is favored against 13 Indiana. Oh, oh boy. I, I think they're favored by two and a half. This one, but I have no idea who This pick, one dude. is interesting. You got the Michigan quarterback who's been up and down. Obviously, they beat, they looked great week one against Minnesota. Struggled week two against uh, Michigan State. Then you have Indiana, who's coming off. They're they're two and zero, coming off a big win against Penn State, and then they just beat another team. They beat Rutgers. They beat Rutgers handily. Okay, so they're looking it, good. Indiana's looking legit. Michigan is up in the air. They're so far one and zero against ranked opponents this this year. Yeah, mm. Indiana's one and zero against ranked opponents this year. Top ten opponents actually. Yeah, you're so not wrong. It's, it is in in Indiana. Um, I have my pick as well. Oh, dude, I don't have mine. This, I really don't. Oh, this is interesting. My brother and I are split on this as well. Really? Yes, we both picked one side. Oh, shoot, dude, this is tough. So uh, tough outlook here. However you look at it. I want to. I'm thinking right now of going with Michigan because 
I want to say they're in panic mode where like they got to win out. Like if they win out, they got a good. I mean, if they win out, they they're good. Obviously, that'd mean they beat Ohio State and stuff. They always have that loss at the beginning of the year and then catch fire mm-hmm. and then roll. Milton's looked okay. Their running back's good. Indiana, are they 13th in the nation? Are they legitimately 13th is what I'm asking myself. I'm going with... Mm. <laughs> I'm going with Michigan. You're going with Michigan? Yeah. All right, this, all right so... Oh, I don't want to, though. But I'm going with Michigan. It's, it's hard because... Honestly, I just think after watching that Indiana game uh, against Penn State OT, I just think Indiana is a different breed right now. Okay. They they want they want this year. They really do. They're giving Ohio State a run for their money. <laughs> Not really though. Hey, they could be. But I'm thinking how they're looking. Quarterbacks plays looking pretty solid. Um, the IU quarterback has four touchdowns, while Milne only has one, one. touchdown. Mm-hmm. He might have a rushing touchdown. I don't know. But looking into the game, the rushing looks better on Michigan's side. The Haskins has 14 carries for 138. Yeah, Haskins is legit. So I'm looking at that. I'm thinking it's in Indiana. Michigan is favored, which is why I'm going against Michigan. I, okay. picked, I picked Indiana this week. My brother picked Michigan this week. I think this is the first time it's happened this year in the Pick'em. You are a lone. You are the lone star. The lone you star. Are, you are the only person that picked Indiana. Really? Yeah, which is very surprising to me. I can't believe no one else picked Indiana. I Everyone like, else went Michigan. Wow. I thought you guys were Ohio State fans. <laughs> we are. I don't. Maybe that's why we picked Michigan because we want them to be good when they play us. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Although you was you were hoping Penn State would be good, but I know they dropped off. That's why I was mad last week when the Michigan State game was going on. I was rooting hard for Michigan. I was like, you guys can't be one and one. We need you guys to be good. And nope. They were checking down with like two minutes left in the game when they needed to get... It was dumb. Gosh. So I I, I don't think Harbaugh is looking at good this year. I think he switched to black pants last week instead of the khakis. Yeah, which at first it's like... Ooh, might be the difference maker. Nope. Might be like the Belichick gray sweatshirt over the red one. <laughs> you know, I remember that. I remember how popular that was. But wow, I'm the lone star for Indiana. Yeah, you're the you're the only that guy. That could be very good or very bad. We're but, uh, yeah, the game of the week. We have mixed thoughts: Nebraska Northwestern mixed thoughts, and then Michigan State Iowa. So there's three three of the six games we got uh, different. Picks by people. Three of the six. So, yep. season so Nebraska Northwestern, Michigan State, Iowa, and what else? And then Michigan, Indiana. I think said I was the only one that. Well, went. yeah, but like, okay, I got you. I got you. It's not all the same. No, all I'm right. gonna switch my pick from Rutgers to Rutgers. <laughs> no. Hey, you need a big comeback, Bert. Anything, <laughs> anything can spark it. <laughs> Will there ever be a day when you root against Ohio State? No, no. no can no, you think no. of any circumstance? Any circumstance that you would root against Ohio State. If my son is the quarterback on the opposing team. <laughs> Maybe not. Even if my son's the running back on the opposing team, I'm rooting for Ohio State. It's only <laughs> the quarterback position. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Um, yeah. Uh, dude, it's just crazy all the upsets that have happened. Last week, everyone picks Minnesota. Maryland wins. Everyone picks Michigan. Michigan State wins. That's two. So right now, I'm not looking too bad with Indiana. Based on no, the history. No, you're not at all. Uh, and then Rutgers beat Michigan State week one. That's another one that we all picked. Indiana beat Penn State four. Uh, Purdue beat Iowa. There have been five games this year already that everyone thought one team and have been wrong. Wait, so is that? So, yeah, literally those are all five of Mr. Bledsoe and your brother's losses. Yeah, everyone They've got gotten wrong. all the split games correct. Wow. Good for them. Go Christopher. I don't I don't I don't think he really watches Big Ten football or football in general. But he's, he's got the magic. Yeah, yeah. He's got the magic and the picks, man. I'm telling him he's he's gotta start betting more than a dollar on his parlays. <laughs> he wins like three to four dollars on his parlays. He bets a dollar. I'm like, well, what if he threw five dollars? He win twenty. Yeah. But it's his way of not paying at all. Because if he wins a parlay, that means he can do four more parlays. And doesn't have to pay a single dollar. So I, yeah, I see fair. I see the magic in it. He's doing it for the fun. Unlike unlike most people are just doing it to win money. He's doing it for fun, which I respect. Damn, did you know the Bears released Ted Ginn Jr.? Ah, oh, dude, you hate to see it. You guys I, didn't even play him. I really think he was, was a spark to our squad. Yeah. Just like Kevin White. <laughs> They signed him for $1.8 million this offseason, and he didn't play really at all. You're telling me I could have made $1.8 million doing nothing. Yeah, he had three catches for 40 yards in six games. Yeah, that's all he did. And he maybe returned a couple punts. What? All, all it takes is a slant over the middle. Just ask Mike Thomas. That's true, but <laughs> a slant over the middle means death for you and me. Oh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I make three catches. And then I'm injured because I have a broken rib from a, from like Van Der Esch over the middle or Bob Wagner just totally destroying me. Yeah. But Thanks. I don't know. I feel like I, could, I feel like I could get open against the Falcons secondary. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh... all right. See any other topics here? Oh, I have some other like questions I want to answer. All right. Ooh, can I? Bring up an interesting topic. It's not really related to sports. We can somehow tie it into the Packers if we want to. Um, But I released my poll on Twitter yesterday because I felt like it was a good question. Um, What is the best cheese out there? And I came down to the conclusion that for the poll, I'd put in uh, cheddar, provolone, mozzarella and Swiss because I felt like those had the best chance universally yeah. for from the people to be picked. Now is this sharp cheddar or like American? Uh, it, it can be different. <laughs> Maybe you can like a, a good utility cheddar. It, um, what's what's your take? What is the best all around cheese? The best all around cheese because like Parmesan pretty damn good, but it's a one tool cheese. Only on pasta and like yeah, like stuff. you can only. It's really only a topping cheese. Mozzarella. I feel like mm, I'm trying to think because it's mozzarella. Mozzarella is what they put on Olive Garden, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, they put that shit everywhere. Um, it's like a fancy. It's a kind of fancy. 
It's kind of fancy. Really good taste. Very good taste. Yeah, you can melt it. It comes shredded. Provolone is amazing on sandwiches. Same with Swiss. Yeah. Provolone and Swiss are go-tos on sandwiches. Mozzarella, maybe on a meatball sandwich. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, otherwise, Swiss and, Swiss and Provolone aren't really a factor in that category. So I'm taking out cheddar. I don't think cheddar is reliable. Plus, I, I don't like cheese curds. Oh, really? I do not like cheese. Unless they are uh, fried. I do like fried cheese curds. But okay, if it's okay. just like straight up cheese curds, it's like I can't, I can't do it. Um, I feel like I'm just eating like a piece of butter at that point. That's how it feels. That's fair. But... Um, provolone Swiss or mozzarella. I surprised you didn't put like Colby Jack in there. That'd be kind of interesting. It's true. Colby Jack would be interesting. Um, I probably would take out provolone next. That's like I feel like Swiss and mozzarella are good, but I think I have to agree with the public saying that mozzarella is the best like overall cheese. If you yeah. had, like one cheese the rest of your life. Mozzarella is probably the pick. Yeah, that's a pretty good pick. Because I, I was, you ever like the mozzarella cheese sticks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those oh, are, like the string yeah. cheese you just pull off. Yeah, those are really good too. Mozzarella gets the job done. I think mozzarella time. gets the job done there. Um, What was I thinking? I think the next thing you should do is like best restaurant seasonings. Seasonings? Seasonings. Like, like you know, like the seasoning on butter noodles at Noodles and Company? Okay. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, it's like one of the most popular things. Just that. I'm sure there's seasoning. Like the seasoning on the Olive Garden breadsticks? That's what I was about to get to, the Olive Garden breadsticks. I think you just got to look up, like, the best seasonings at restaurants and see what, like... Because the butter, the seasoning on butter noodles at Noodles & Company is amazing. Like, like if you don't <laughs> get it, you're, you're a hand job, let's be honest. So... <laughs> All right. I'll I, consider it for my next poll. That's a good... I like that poll. Um, I was going to ask just a, a common question that I think is at the moment a really good question because obviously for the past whatever five-ish, five to whatever, eight years, we've always considered Mike Trout as the best player in baseball. Is there a chance Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball right now? I feel like you can have, you can have a great argument, just won a World Series, Mike Trout's only been one playoff game where he's been wild card game they lost. Yep. And he was a rookie, I believe, that year. And Mookie's amazing on defense. He's showing his speed on the bases and everything. He's got a good arm in right field. No one tested. Obviously, he's swimming and hit the, hit the ball out of the park everywhere. He's showing great power and great hitting for average, which are all attributes that we all think of Trout when you say it. Obviously, one of the best five two players right now. Do you think like best player in baseball? Are you going to start thinking of Mike Trout or Monkey Betts? I I think the fact that we are bringing up his name says that you that he probably is. To be honest, because I feel like it's got. I mean, a lot of baseball like freak nerds, like super sabermetric people. Probably getting like if they're listening to this, would be so upset that it's even that's even an argument because people are so ignorant. Like, it comes to the point where a lot of people are almost like, 
ignorant because Mike Trout is such an anomaly statistically. Like, his war is so good, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Trout hasn't had injury issues, but he gets hurt. Mookie really hasn't gotten hurt much, right? No, he is not. He was a stud of the Red Sox offense when they won the title. The dude has a better personality than Trout. He's more out there. Like, he's more marketable, right? I mean, Trout's getting a lot better at that. Like, people are obviously using Trout. And Mookie's, like, his popularity is through the roof playing for the Dodgers. Yeah. Where the Angels, not much screen time, really. Yeah, it almost felt like them getting Mookie made them a little more likable of a team. It did in ways because you, like, you respected Mookie as a player. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously he did really well for that Red Sox team and then struggled because the Red Sox struggled the next year. So gets traded to the Dodgers, and he just starts blooming again. Um, uh, I, I guess... For the sake of argument, I guess I would say Mookie is te- is technically the best player in baseball right now. He won the Gold Glove this year. Mm-hmm. Trout didn't. Stole it from Jason Hayward. Yeah, which which is I mean, which is pretty big. Like, actually, taking yeah. a glove from Hayward's Hayward, pretty big. Hayward's like Aaron Nato and right fielder. Yeah, it seems like so. Um, I, dude, and he was a stud throughout the postseason. As he said, five to a guy. Hit a home run in game seven. Home run in game seven. Six. I think yeah. it was twice he scored on a ground ball from third. Yeah, absolute elite base runner. Base runner, his speed is definitely up there. And, like, probably. What was he? I think he was five or five or six of six in the postseason stolen, stolen bases, which. Got America free tacos. Yes. Which I. That'd be also an interesting stat to look up. I wonder how many guys have that many stolen bases in a postseason, and especially to not get caught once mm-hmm. um, and especially like today's day and age like stolen bait stealing bases kind of like a lost craft base running in general yeah yeah like it's not a it's not a skill that's really like really strived upon in the major leagues obviously everyone strives upon home runs and just you know bad angle and all that or left angle and all that crap where stolen like stealing bases is not it's like it's just a lost art that not many people really strive on, but it makes a huge difference. You go from having a guy from first to second and by stealing base with two outs, you only need one hit now to score him in. You don't need to get like a ball in the gap. So there's big changes like that. Puts pressure on the defense, puts pressure on the pitcher to throw strikes. It may change his pitch calling from a curveball to a fastball. Oh, yeah. To try to get the guy out. And Big even, time. Even, and you may force a pitch out where that's an extra ball to the hitter. Puts him puts him straight ahead from the get-go. Yeah, and, and you just brought up a great point. So there's no way Seager wins playoff MVP without Mookie hitting in front of him. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can't take away from what Seager did. You can't say he only did well because of Mookie. Mm-hmm. But, like, having – you can't – you can't just – pitch around Mookie. I mean, like, you have to pitch straight through all those dudes. That whole lineup's loaded and having, right, because they always went Mookie, Seager, one-two, well, right? Seager, and then, I forget their three and four. Turner. Turner, Turner, Turner might be their third. three. I don't know their four hitter. I forget. And, and yeah, as you said, if that meant Seager got one extra fastball every AB because Mookie was on base, that's, that's deadly. Makes a big difference. And odds are things that 
I mean, you hope next year that Bellinger is not in the seven hole again. He starts like getting back to his MVP self. But you get back to that, and now you have three guys, Seeger, Betts, and Bellinger, who are probably one, two, three in that lineup, which is arguably the best top three in baseball. Yep. Like it, it it's pretty much the best in baseball. You go from an MVP to a World Series MVP that is playing almost an MVP caliber at shortstop, and then you have a former MVP who was kicking buns a year ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's definitely deadly, and you got to pitch all of them because you avoid them, then their four-hitter could very well be Turner or I'm trying to think who else they have. Turner, um, I mean, Taylor isn't, Taylor isn't that great. You have Will Smith who's coming around. Playoff Jock Peterson. Playoff Jock Peterson, which is similar in my eyes, like, Trying to think, uh, Blake playoff Schwarber in 2016. Mm-hmm. Schwarber did amazing. So, I mean, their lineup is obviously deadly, and having Mookie in there with the guys backing them up gives them a lot more pitches. So I I looked up. I kind of take back my statement about the stolen bases. Very impressive that it went like five for five or six of six. Mm-hmm. However, I, I I don't know the total amount of plate appearances he had. Uh, in the postseason. He was probably in the 70s or 80s because they made it to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Lofton and Ricky Henderson. I'm going to say Ricky Henderson definitely had a lot. Had a, each had 11 in one postseason. Ricky Henderson did it in 44 plate appearances. One of every four of his plate appearances, is stole, he stole base. A that lot. is unbelievable. He, he doubled mm-hmm. 25% of his postseason. Dude, the at one- least... The one amazing stat I heard was that in 20 seasons, you could steal 30 bags for 20 straight seasons instead of less stolen bases. Wow. Yeah, Ricky Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson, Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton is one ahead of Ricky Henderson in postseason stolen bags, and he has double the amount of play appearances. Ricky Henderson has 33 and 262 appearances. That's pretty crazy. Um, and the thing is that Ricky also had power back in his day in a leadoff spot. Yeah. Good yes, amount of leadoff did. home runs. So it's not like he was just a one-tool guy. He had definitely a lot of power in his swing as well. I uh, also, it was just scrolled over, and I thought you'd enjoy this because um, you like him a lot. But uh, your guy. Derek uh, Lee. No, 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 no. Um, is second in postseason singles there's in in one postseason uh singles in one postseason michael brantley oh geez. last year he had 19 singles in the postseason tied pablo sandoval for second michael brant i'm telling you dude he's he'd be a, a good pickup is for he any a free team. agent this he's year? a free agent yeah Him, dude that would suck for the Astros give him, if they lost you know, give him a one to two year deal i think that's all you need him for Oh, for sure. I feel like if you're trying to make a postseason run, sign him. I feel like if the Dodgers have any cap space, if they sign him, they're off to dirty. Yeah. It's literally like one of the best, like might be one of the best in history. I feel like you got Bellinger. If Bellinger plays up to MVP caliber, Betts keeps doing what he's doing. And you have Brantley hitting 330 over here. Yeah, for real. Like the top four of their lineup could very well be Brantley leadoff, Mookie two. Three is Seager, four Bellinger. Yeah. The <laughs> amount of runs and RBIs they get out of those four would be astronomical. It would be crazy. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Brantley Brantley should go to a good playoff team. It'd be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see where he goes. Where's he? Oh, is he projected to be a Cub? Or was that like a... No, I thought it was LeMahieu. LeMahieu. Um, well, he was once a Cub, but the Cubs traded him, I think. But, I mean, is going to be pricey. He's going to be expensive. Brantley, I feel like because he's 33, 34... I feel like he's kind of like a Nelson Cruz of average. Mm-hmm. Like where Nelson Cruz, his powers remained, yet he's in for average as well. But I feel like Michael Brantley will hit a ton of singles and doubles. A couple home runs here and there. Might finish with 10 home runs, 10 to 15 home runs in a season. But still, I feel like this man will hit a solid above 300 for you if you put him in like the one to two hole. Almost oh, definitely. So I feel like if you need another hitter in the outfield, he plays a decent outfield, not a gold glove guy, but he plays it better than Castellanos. Uh, I feel like he's he's your man. I think he'd be a good sign. Obviously, LeMahieu wouldn't be a bad sign, but the coach should definitely do something. Brantley is a good start in my eyes. Got to love Brantley, no matter what. Got to love Another him. interesting topic is, do you, think we'll, do you think the DH will remain next year? You think they'll keep I, it? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think they'll. I think they'll go back. To At it. one point, I feel like in the future they're definitely a universal DH is going to happen eventually because they girl want more offense. Yeah. So, how long do you give it till they give they put the universal DH in? Then the next five years. I was going to say I give it no less than five, like no more than five years. Yeah, I feel like if they do it, if they don't do a DH this year. Then the next year they might, they'll be like, ah, oh, maybe it wasn't a good idea to go back to it. Uh, it'd just be such a shame. I also don't understand why both leagues don't do it. Like that's some odd. I don't know why. It's I, really I, weird. It feels like it should be such a disadvantage for one league. Obviously, if you're playing each other, it doesn't matter. But like, you can't. It's hard. Doesn't matter in the long run. But like, I don't get it either. It's like, it's. It's like for football, it's like putting your punter in the slot for half the league. Yeah, that's I a feel good like. point. It's like it's like yeah. half the league has normal wide receivers, and the other half puts one receiver puts like their punter or kicker in the or slot. It's like, it's like making your quarterback have to kick your field goals in the AFC. Yeah, but the NFC gets to have a kicker, like yeah, something exactly. like that. Yeah, it's some something like that because you're taking away a header pretty much. Because mm-hmm. the I don't know what the average is of like pit like pitchers throughout like the league but it's probably below 150 yeah i guess it's between 150 and 175 yeah like yeah it's below the mendoza line and the amount of home runs they hit is minuscule if i fit it on two hands they hit in a season so it'd be a shame that you won't get any hit won't get any uh, pitcher hitters that are pretty good yeah, but uh, won't get any like Bumgarner or Kershaw matchups. But it's, yeah. um, so you got to sit down and watch them. Momentum, uh, whatever, like Trevor Bauer's business that like mm-hmm. posts all the pitching videos and do does like his vlogs and stuff. They um sat down throughout the year with like Major League Baseball personalities, whether like announcers, the guys for Barstool that do like the starting nine, um, baseball players, um sat them down and they asked them a bunch of questions there's probably like three or four of these on youtube right now of just 
quick like sit down interview questions like what would you change about the MLB what's one tradition you really like mm -hmm. um, one funny thing that I liked it was like a fan or like a news guy said that they should put a camera on the line like on one of the first base bags so that you can watch people between innings jump over the line <laughs> I was like that's kind of funny it's true that um, is kind of funny yeah but they asked like each other's like they asked pitchers who's the hardest batter you've ever faced and then they asked batters who the Max worst, Kepler who the worst pitcher you've <laughs> ever faced is they, so Bauer wasn't in the interviews um, I forget who Dietrich answered his worst nightmare was um, pitching against him but dude who was it it was some lefty pitcher who's oh Amir Garrett mm -hmm. very good lefty arm Probably, I mean, ideal lefty-lefty matchup. Good bullpen arm, yeah. Yeah, ideal lefty-lefty guy. His his hardest matchup, Eric Thames. One of the biggest strikeout guys. Lefty-lefty. Yes, dude. He's a left. Like, <laughs> I was like, how the hell is it him? He can't hit crap. No, he's a, <laughs> he's a blow-average hitter. Yeah. Above average pop, but yeah. below average. Like I was cracking up when I heard that. I was like, dude, you literally just allowed an 0-2 single off one off your best pitch of slider to Freddie Freeman, and your answer is Eric Thames. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked Jeez. me up. A lot of guys, most of the pitchers, not mo two or three of the pitchers were like, yeah, Mike Trout, Mike Trout. One guy said, uh. Some dude they said had an insane at bat against him. I forget who it was. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. And then they asked uh, what the best brawl they've ever seen in baseball was, and like seventy-five percent of them said the Amir Garrett fight. <laughs> <laughs> so. that, I was just funny. They went right off the mound, straight charging. It's the Pirates, right? Yeah, the Pirates. Yeah. Was that the same game that Dietrich hit off Archer? Different. Is that different? Yeah, that was later in the year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There was a bunch of tension I've that year that, between two terrible home, teams. I've seen that home run so many times, like Dietrich off Archer. I've seen it over 100 times. Just watching him hit, drop the bat, and just stare at it. The ball's like, like, the ball's like <laughs> over the wall in the stands, and he's still in the box. Oh, it's just a watching savage it. video. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he ends up on a team this year. I mean, the Rangers re-sign him. He played all right for the Rangers. He's a good utility guy, I feel like. I feel I like really he was, is still a major leaguer. I really was hoping the Cubs would play him in one game, and we didn't. He's a great fit for the Cubs. <laughs> Strikes out and hits home runs. Well, okay, I, don't, I didn't mean it that way. I'm a utility guy. You can take it that Doesn't way. Doesn't get many hits, but they're all home runs. That's like what the Cubs offer. Yeah, never mind. They shouldn't get him then. They should only get Skip Schumacher. I'm I'm thinking if you were to assemble a team of the most home run strikeout players, like if you were to make a roster of that, what would your roster be? You'd have to have Gallo and Bright. I feel like Gary Sanchez is the catcher. Gary Sanchez, without a Gary doubt, is the catcher. Dietrich at second base. We'll put Dietrich at second. Um, home run, low average guys. Uh, did Luke Voigt strike out a lot this year? Um, Luke Voigt had like a high average. He had like okay. 300. Okay. So not him anymore. 
You may put Eric Thames at yeah, first. Yeah, we can maybe put Thames Eric at first. Eric Thames at first. Um, rookie season, Javi Baez at short. Oh, <laughs> that's true, dude. Oh, uh, Luis Robert. No, not Luis Robert because he gets singles, but he, he strikes out a lot. He does strike. He struck out a, a crap in the second half. Um, could do him. Third base is kind of... Mm, that is definitely tough. Kind of thing of like big home run, low average third baseman. Moncada used to strike out a lot. Um, mm, that is a oh Eugenio Suarez. Eugenio Suarez yeah. for sure is the third baseman. Eugenio is a good one. I actually like that. Um, oh, do you see a Jose Peraza got signed by the Mets yesterday? Yeah, he's like a minor league deal. There was another yeah. guy that like there was like two other guys they signed. Yeah, there's yeah there was another notable guy. I was like, huh. So there's that left field, Jorge Soler. Oh, is he a big strikeout guy? He is a big, okay. big strikeout guy. Okay. He okay. hits a crap ton of home runs, but he had like 49 home runs, but he probably struck out <laughs> over like, I'm, I'm going to look at his stats because now I'm, now I'm curious. About, I feel like Jorge Soler is a great pick for that team. So Jorge Soler, 2019, Played all 162 games. Okay. Had 48 home runs and 180 strikeouts. Wow. He hit 48 home runs while hitting 265. He slugged 570 OPS and 920. Not bad. He had 160 hits, 33 doubles, squeaked in one. Yeah, also had 117 RBIs. Not too shabby, but yeah, we'll take it. Ooh, okay. So I'm looking at the stats from 2019, the leaders in strikeouts last year. Suarez, number one. <laughs> Love to see it. Ronald Acuna only had one less strikeout than Suarez in 2019. Also, Pete Alonso probably at first base. Oh, yeah. That's actually a much better pick. Pete Alonso, Soler, you hit right on the dot. Fourth in 2019 in strikeouts. Bryce Harper. Interesting corner outfield choice there. Interesting, yeah. Trevor Story should be the shortstop. It looks like he's the only shortstop on this list. He had 174 wow. uh, strikeouts for eighth last year. Reese Hoskins, ninth with 173. And Will Myers could be center field, right? Doesn't yeah, he, he play some center field? Yeah. Will Myers had 168. But I also said Acuna. Acuna does hit a lot of bombs. Will Myers is a little more like boom So if you make the best squad with the most strikeouts, Harper, um, Acuna, Soler, Eugenio, Trevor Story. Uh, Dietrich. We Dietrich, said Dietrich. Dietrich. And then you said... Uh, Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo. has to be Gary Sanchez. But then home. Gary Sanchez behind the dish, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine the average on the team. And if you were going purely off of, like, stats, Odor should technically be the second baseman. He had 178 mm. strikeouts last oh, year. Oh, Odor should be a better fit. Yeah. That's, oh, my gosh. <laughs> dude, that's like a World Series roster, though. It's not a terrible squad. It's an amazing squad. Acuna, Harper, with Soler. And Eugenio, Trevor Story. I mean, you better win a World Series with all those guys. <laughs> It would just be like you get no hit or put up 30 runs. 
<laughs> they put they put up ten runs in the first inning and strike out the next eight. <laughs> that's just like crazy. Um, that's just that's funny. How about how about this for a, a quick quiz? We can get off air pretty soon. It has been two hours, mm-hmm. but last full season 2019 five guys played all 162 games you named jorge soler would you be able to maybe name uh any of the other four i played all 162 yeah can you give me positions yeah uh one let's see this guy any pitchers no no (laughs) jimmy cordero no um jimmy (laughs) cordero Uh, Seems three like three shortstops. Okay. One uh second baseman. Um I'll 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 get one's a teammate of Jorge Soler. He's the second baseman. Oh. I guess he's also an outfielder. Sorry. Um oh Merrifield? Yeah. Merrifield and Soler both played 162 games. That's wow. pretty cool. Look at them. Um one, so there's three shortstops on this. Um, one is a free agent this year. So played all 162. Correa? Nope. Is it Baez? No, not Baez, no. Um, played all 162. Lindor? Mm-mm. Seager? Mm-mm. No. Trevor Story? Nope. He was an MVP candidate this year. Marcus Simeon. Yeah. He played all 162. Wow. The other one I'll give you is Jonathan VR. All of the Okay. For uh, the Orioles. Orioles. And then the final one, a former Cub. Shortstop. Castro. Castro played all 162. Wow. Yep. That's two former Cubs on that list. Very durable. Very durable team. Soler is not durable at all. Funny. <laughs> you look at his history, the man's injury prone. <laughs> Castro there ends, I think, dude, he used to like, I think his first year, he's still like 20-some backs. Dude, and the crazy thing about Starling Castro is he could be playing for a lot. Like, he's still fairly young. Despite like, he's, I think he's 29, maybe. Like, he could be, if he continues his career, he could be a part of the 3,000-hit club. Dude, he very well could. I mean, Which he's, would actually, be crazy. he's actually a decent hitter. Like he, he has to be over fifty. He's got to be close to fifteen hundred career hits. He definitely is. Like he's actually, he has sixteen sixteen hundred. Yeah, they said he is like he's up there with people with the most hits, like in their first some games or whatever. Like he he's actually a good hitter. Yeah, fielding he's probably average, but I think he's not a terrible shortstop. If you are in need of a shortstop, Starling Castro is not a bad solution. Yeah, not at all. Seven almost eighteen career WAR. Mm-hmm. Like to career two eighty hitter, like yeah, it's better than Addison Russell. <laughs> the, this man has disappeared off the earth. Where does it say his age? He debuted against the Reds. He had a home run in his debut. He had six RBIs in his debut. Really? I forgot about that. Damn. At the age of twenty. Yeah, I remember he debuted at a super young age. That is crazy. Yeah, and he was good. So, oh, he's 30. He is 30. 30. I was oh, off he's by getting close. He's 100 days away from 31. And how many is he at? 1633. Well, definitely me in the 2000 Nick Club. Oh, yeah. 3K? That'll be tough. That'll be very tough. Yeah. He's the age like wine if he wants to. Yeah, he'll need to hit 
pretty consistently the same he has in his career. he hits for next... He needs to hit, hit the same weight till he's 39. He needs to hit... Because if he... What does he... He probably averages, like, what, a buck... 40, buck 50 a season? Yeah, probably. So he has to get 1,400, which is basically nine seasons. So he has to play... If he wants to get a 3K club, he'll definitely have to play to, like, 38, 39. Yeah, he's averaging a buck... Probably a buck 60 a season, to be honest. He's technically averaging 178 a season. Really? Dang. I feel like if he gets traded to a good team, it's definitely possible. I feel like it's definitely possible because 1,400, 180. If he gets did, 180, it goes down to eight, like seven-ish, eight years. Did he win a ring with the Nationals? Or no, he played for the Nationals this year, no, right? this year, this year. Uh, um, no, he didn't win, win a ring with them. That sucks. It's kind of sad. He's on the Nationals now? Yeah. Because he was on the Marlins. Yeah, he played two years on the Marlins. He won Cubs, Yankees, Marlins, Nationals. Yep. Damn, what a route. Kind of reminds me of like Soriano from the Cubs to the Yankees. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Big home run guy. All right, bro. What if I threw your mic spin off this whole time? Well, <laughs> that'd kidding. be wild. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> anyway, any, anything else you want to lastly state here? It's, it's noon here in Chicago on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. Uh, no. I, I really don't. I. Um, I don't know. Yeah, presidential election. We still don't know who our president is next for next four years. Uh, it's gonna be interesting how long this carries on for. Yeah, seriously. I checked this morning. Nevada's still not counting their votes. No, they aren't. Um, but whatever. We don't care about this on this show. Sports will continue regardless of president. Sports world will continue forward. And what more teams might visit the White House if Biden's president? So, maybe yeah, that'd be nice. But be like, <laughs> I mean, Biden's gonna like stutter and say something weird in his speech, no doubt. <laughs> That's gonna happen. So, do you see? Uh, do you see Trump's speech when he won Ohio? No, I he's, didn't. he's like, you know, we won Ohio. I love Ohio. I love the people of Ohio. Great state. And then like that. <laughs> that's like, always, that's, that's always pretty said. typical Trump. I was hoping you'd bring up that like uh, he brought up LeBron again because like a, a week ago <laughs> he basically said like at a rally LeBron sucks and got people to chant LeBron sucks. Did you hear about that? I did not. I was like, bro, how you? Why? What beef do you have with LeBron? I don't. <laughs> He's a good guy. <laughs> I don't know, dude. And then at, I saw a meme about it. It's like. Ohio is it Ohioans? Is that what it, mm-hmm. it's like? Ohioans when Trump says Ohio is important and like they're all like cheering. Yes, there's the, yes, dude. There's a TikTok <laughs> of it. It was like, uh, yeah, it was like Ohio Ohio people love watching the election because it's the one day they're important every four years. <laughs> Pretty messed I, up. I, I don't know. It's just because we're from like we're in Illinois, but like. I think the Ohio memes are hilarious. I'm sorry. I the think Ohio memes are pretty funny, especially now that I've gotten out of Ohio. Ohio memes aren't a thing when you're in Ohio. No. You get outside Ohio, they it's become a thing. <laughs> I, I'm, I think I remember the one meme where the guy reconstructed America's borders to, to take out Ohio. 
Wild is not existent. That's so messed up. There's that. There was the one meme where the two astronauts in space, and it's just Ohio instead of the earth. It's Ohio. Always has been. (laughs) It's all Ohio. It's all Ohio. Oh Oh my gosh. But anyway, you guys have been listening. I don't do I don't do many like radio check-ins like they do at the NFL. Like you've been listening to ABC or like watching on Fox. Yeah. No, I was like, you've been, I'll like, should I do it like every five seconds? You've been listening to WIATF Court. Thank you for listening. <laughs> no, but you guys have been listening to a WIATF Court here, 88.9 FM Chicago, your Thursday weekly source of sports information because everything else on this station does not talk about sports and they play weird disco music that would be played at a, at a normal IIT party. I got, I got to, I, I got to hack into this thing and start playing music one of these days. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna play all rap songs. I don't care if they're explicit. Say oh, boy. all, all four other words on <laughs> IT radio because <laughs> no more than eight people listen to it on the daily average. When I first got here, it was three people listening to the radio. So I feel like you, you did ever see that meme where Tifu, uh, some random guy, joined his party, and it just was the N word. The guy was saying the N word on oh, no. repeat. I was, I was just thinking, like, dude, how long until someone realizes if you put that on here? How long until someone realizes? Oh, that'd off? be so bad. Because I feel like no one ever listens to this. Thankfully, the technical director is being a man. I sent in an email this morning at like nine forty-five, telling him the freaking buttons on here aren't working, and he responded in like three minutes, saying, "Oh, that's weird. I'll be down there to check it out today." Oh, that's awesome! And I was like, "Awesome! Wow, what a guy!" I feel kind of bad for the other guys. I've been contacting him a crap ton about mm-hmm. this because we're making a lot of strides here. I don't like when I first tried it out, we got a call to answer. It was working. Just had to turn the volume up. Wasn't an issue. But now I can't drop the call and the buttons on the machine don't work. I, <laughs> I, I tried unplugging it, plugging it back in and didn't work, sadly. But um, any last comments, concerns, Bert, before I close this? Station no, down. Not at all. Wrap it up for us. All right. Shout out to our uh, social media guy here. IAT just walked out of the bathroom. He's doing a great job. I don't know his name, but he's doing a great job. Mr. Nelson. Mr. Nelson. And uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks to him. Um, and as well, another belated birthday shout out to Rob Crosselli. Great listener. I'll get this call machine working by next week for you. I have to get it in. I was really hoping to get it in as like a birthday present, kind of my version of birthday present, but sadly it didn't work out but i'll get this thing working by next week and we're gonna have a lot more calls coming our way a lot more questions to get answered and i know like once the machine works we're gonna have a lot more interactiveness with our fans and everyone it's gonna be a lot more fun for sure hearing the weekly josh allen conversation from my brother yes hearing your uh your dad's like impersonations of urban meyer <laughs> we'll get to hear from baseball players on the team be yeah good. baseball players on the team i'm sure uh I get Warden and DJ to call in every once in a while. That'd be great. Z might call in and explain how Notre Dame lost to Clemson, but it's not their fault. <laughs> and we'll go on from there. But thank you guys for listening in. We really do appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Enjoy the Chicago weather if you are in Chicago. If you aren't in Chicago, hope you guys have great weather as well. But it's going to be 70s the rest of the week here. And then starting Wednesday, it's going to be back down in the 40s. So hope you guys are doing great up there. Minnesota, I know you guys got snow. Hopefully you're doing well. But a lot of football. Go Bears. Go Bengals. 